This morning we remember and mark the second Sunday of Advent, and as talked about, we light our candle symbolizing peace, and what an appropriate topic to consider in this time that we are living, the peace of Christ that allows us to be calm in our spirit as we move through our hectic lives. That is a a peace we can pray for. But also the peace between people, where there's conflict and strife, where there's war and enmity, and we see so much of this happening, whether in Ukraine or Gaza or any other number of places, both as nations fight each other, but also individually where there's conflict. There's another kind of peace that we haven't talked about, and that's the peace that we have with God. That in Mark's gospel telling, what we just heard, those are the opening verses of the gospel of Mark. It's his sort of version of the Christmas story. So in the gospel of Matthew and Luke, we get the story of how Jesus was born with the angels and shepherds and wise men and all those things that make a great Christmas pageant, and we'll have uh, some of that this year. But Mark goes straight to the point of salvation. He says, Jesus Christ, the story of Jesus Christ, the good news, the gospel, the story of salvation given for the world and for you. The peace that we can have with God that no longer do we have to worry about our eternal fate. That through this story of Jesus and Mark's telling, we have the story of how God makes the relationship between God and humanity whole again. And it's done through Jesus' death and resurrection on the cross. That gives us a peace with God which allows us to not worry about ourselves anymore, but to give ourselves away in acts of kindness and mercy and love and to be the peacemakers that we heard about a few moments ago. So Advent is really about a a chance for a new beginning. Advent simply means beginning. It's the beginning of our church year, but it's also an opportunity, a season of spiritual renewal. And we feature today the story of John the Baptist, who really functions like an Old Testament prophet. I always thought it was sort of strange, John the Baptist, he's out in the wilderness all by himself, he's got the camel hair and the leather belt, and he's eating locusts and wild honey, and you're like, what a strange fellow. But actually, if you look in the history of it, he he really is functioning like a prophet. And the job of a prophet is to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. To get people's hearts and minds back toward God. And so, John understood about himself that he was doing that, but in a particular way, he was getting people ready for Jesus. So, John prepares the way for Jesus. He's very clear about this. And how does he prepare people for Jesus, who is the coming promised Messiah? What everyone's been waiting for. It's not like you can just show up on Christmas morning and then start thinking about uh, your shopping list, right? There's some preparation that happens along the way. 
Same thing, and even more so, when we're talking about the Messiah coming into this world. And so John is really the forerunner. And he says that he came proclaiming a baptism of repentance and forgiveness of sins. A baptism of repentance and forgiveness of sin. And I want to talk about those two things as ways we can prepare ourselves for the coming of Jesus. Repentance and forgiveness. And I want to make a thing clear about the word repent means to turn or to turn back to God. And we don't often talk about repentance, but it's really important. Sometimes we think, uh, you know, if you think about the, the street corner preacher or whomever that says, repent, and you think, wow, that's pretty aggressive. But really, if you think about the job of a prophet, it's not just to comfort, or it's to comfort the people, but afflict those who've gotten a little bit stuck, right? To, to wake people up, to say, hey, you know, you might be going down the wrong path, so repent, so turn. Turn away from the path that's leading you nowhere or leading you away from God and turn back, turn to a life filled with God's presence. To repent is an inward process, and it's something we should all be doing throughout our lifetimes, to take a moral inventory of ourselves, to take a hard look. And it's one thing for me to tell you to repent, but it's a whole other thing for you to take inventory for yourself and to say, am I on the right path? Am I making the right choices for my life? Am I finding myself aligned with God's vision for my life and how I can be the best version of myself? Taking that inventory to say, okay, how can I return my path to God's path? That's what John did in a big way, because what it says in the scripture is that everyone from the Judean countryside was coming out to see him, and all of Jerusalem was coming to see him, and they came to see him in mass, and and they came and they were baptized, and they confessed their sins. They took this spiritual moment, which would have been like some kind of great awakening, where they were so excited and turned to God that they came in this massive movement. And it, was, it must have been truly amazing to behold all of these people coming together, confessing their sins. And by the way, when we think about repentance and confession and receiving forgiveness, it's individual, yes, but it's also about the collective, that there are some kinds of ways we think about sin and repentance, we need to be thinking about our whole. How are we doing as God's people globally? How are we doing as God's people as a nation or as a state or as a community? And I think if we look at that, there's even a deeper level of reflection and say, are we on the right path? Are we making the kinds of choices as a culture, as a community that God would have us, and what kind of results are we seeing? So I think about the collective as well as the individual, and just as a couple of examples, think about collectively, how are we doing? Are we on the right track when a medical emergency can cause someone to go bankrupt? 
Are we on the right track when we see such disparities in educational outcomes based on income or race? Are we on the right track when we're so divided and so tribal that we're much more likely to pick sides than to discern truth? Advent is a time for self-reflection, a time for us to take stock, to repent, to confess our sins, and then to receive the forgiveness that comes to us from God. It is God that can set us free. It is God who liberates us through Christ's death and resurrection. We have that peace with God. It's been achieved, and yet each day we get a choice. Are we going to go on our own path Or are we going to align ourselves with God's vision, God's path for our life? In the ministry of John, people came from all over, and it must have been a powerful moment to behold. And for John, he probably was, well, he was very clear on what his role was. He was very clear, but with all the adulation, some people might have even thought, hey, is this John who's proclaiming this message of repentance and forgiveness? Is he the Messiah? But John was very clear, just like Bob Dylan. He said, hey, it ain't me, babe. It ain't me you're looking for. It's another one. So John says, I'm not worthy one even more powerful me is coming after me, and I'm not worthy to even untie the thong of his sandal. I have baptized you with water. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And in the version of Matthew and Luke, it says, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So as powerful and as moving as a moment as John's ministry was, he says, This is all great, and I'm glad hearts and minds are being turned and returned to God so that you're ready to receive the Savior when He comes, but you haven't seen anything yet. It's powerful. It's transformational. Being baptized through the Holy Spirit, which if you've been baptized, that's you. You have an identity change. You are a child of God. You are set free from your burdens. You no longer have to worry about yourself. You have peace with God so that you can find peace within and peace with each other. And that's powerful. In the season of Advent, we're given an invitation. An invitation to walk anew. An invitation to walk in God's presence and to find God's path again and again. My prayer for us all is that we open our hearts to see anew what God is doing in our life and how we can faithfully follow in God's peace. Amen.